welcome to the fourth episode in our CSRD podcast series. As approximately 50,000 EU businesses and 10,000 outside the EU will be affected by CSRD, today we'll talk about some of the benefits to companies both in the EU and the US. I'm Rowena Curtis, UK Marketing Manager for Intertech Business Assurance, and I'm here with Elmer Christian, Global Business Development Director at Intertech Business Assurance. During her 19 years at Intertech, Elmer has worked with all sectors, helping global organisations manage risk and achieve more sustainable supply chains. Elmer has grown Intertech's responsible supply chain programmes and helped bring to market new innovative sustainability solutions. She's also contributed thought leader content and presented on the topic of sustainability at many events. So firstly, as an introduction to our topic today, new environmental, social and government reporting requirements, or ESG, in the EU and US are set to fundamentally change the non-financial reporting landscape. The EU Corporate Sustainability Reporting Directive, or CSRD, requires ESG reporting on a level never seen before and will capture a whole host of companies that previously were not subject to mandatory non-financial reporting requirements, including public and private non-EU companies that meet certain EU presence thresholds. For US companies, the CSRD rules will result in mandatory reporting on a broader set of ESG topics than those required under current and proposed Securities and Exchange Commission or SEC rules. So, Elmer, developing the right ESG reporting is a serious challenge for many organisations. The amount of ESG metrics is vast and varies by industry, company size and complexity. In addition, there are many different measurement and reporting frameworks worldwide. Are there any advantages for companies complying with the CSRD early? Yes, Ravenna, and, and hi, everyone. Um, well, so with the European Sustainability Reporting Standards, or as we call them ESRS shortly, the European Commission will provide concrete indicators and inf- information to report on. So using these, companies can better understand their performance through gathering the required ESG data for their reporting, which will allow them to identify developments and patterns But also the double materiality principle on which the CSRD is built pushes companies to get a stronger hold on their impact on society or impact materiality and the impact of ESG topics on enterprise value or financial materiality. So this can provide new insights in risks and opportunities, as well as stir strategic redirection and innovation. So when companies get a grip on the non-financial indicators relating to corporate activities, they can expect new insights to arise. So, for example, new opportunities for for cost savings, including energy reduction and innovations in the production process. But also, in, in addition to this early compliance with ESG reporting in the long term really does offer a scope for streamlining company-owned production and, and supply chain from a sustainability point of view. So in this way, uh, companies can really enter into strategic partnership and identify future bottlenecks at an early stage. So this guarantees the continuity of the supply chain 
at the same time the, the directive enters into, into force. So could early compliance with the directive result in companies attracting more capital? You see, the investors and financial institutions aim to minimize risk you know, while maximizing return. That's the objective. And, and to that end, most investors with a long-term horizon already use ESG information for that decision-making. Now, the CSRD was designed you know, to improve the consistency reliability and uh, comparability of information on material ESG risks and opportunities. So to help make money flow towards sustainable activities. Now, being able to comply to, to these high demands of the CSRD does increase transparency and, and trust in, in, in company uh, and, and shows investors that as a company, you are aware and in control of your risks. So therefore, the CSRD really can enhance investors' engagements um, in, in companies that do comply, but could also exclude those non-compliant uh, ones from, from their investments. Now, not only are investors more likely to invest in companies complying with CSRD, but it, it can also lead um, to a more favorable reputation. With the ESG data um, of companies being open for anyone who's interested, the reputation of companies is on the line, no doubt. So companies taking ESG um, more into account can gain a competitive advantage over those who really tend to put it on a on a lower priority. So, in essence, the aim of the CSRD is to drive companies to take ESG more seriously. Exactly, yes. So, when the predecessor of the CSRD, the uh, Non-Financial uh, Reporting Directive, uh, or shortly N NFRD, uh, was introduced, the, this legislation, though, though more limited than the CSRD, uh, gave companies in scope the push that many of them needed to look at ESG more seriously. So even though the starting point is compliance, and what, we, what we've been noticing with our customers and other companies is that ESG does get more embedded in the company and that it gives the people internally the leverage and the support that they need from higher up in their own organization. So as the information starts to be published externally, um, and we know will also be subject to scrutiny by auditors, we see that companies really want to improve their performance which is resulting in actual action. So in line with the proposed tightening up of, of climate ambitions, the EU will um, introduce more stringent legislation on ESG over the coming years. And, and so with that, the early anticipation of how this affects um, you know, companies' own uh, corporate activities and, and drawing up strategic plans to reduce any negative impact will certainly ensure that you know a company is more agile and, and, and future-proof to face these challenges. So actively focusing on ESG does provide companies with a competitive advantage over those that you know have no reporting um, obligations yet. 
Okay, so um, could this result in more clarity on reporting obligations and have a positive impact on the costs? Uh, so the, the CSRD uh, standardizes sustainability reporting, which in turn prevents companies you know, from having to make a choice in, in these voluntary reporting frameworks. Now, we know there are many, just to name a few, we have GRI, SASB, TCFD, SDGs, and that the, the list goes on. Um, but also having, you know, to provide ad hoc ESG information to multiple parties. So, you know, although administrative costs might increase, um, according to um, AFRAC, the, the average EU company um, will save tens of thousands of euros a year if the need for additional information you know, request is eliminated. So with all data found in the same place, it will be clearer to external parties where it's stored, um, meaning that, you know, the number of requests for additional information will also reduce over the time and hence, you know, the, the, the benefit that companies will, will see from this. Um, and is the proposed SEC climate disclosure rule expected to be eligible for equivalence? Mm, yeah, we get that question a lot. So although the uh, EC has indicated that it will allow in scope non-EU companies, you know, such as um, say US parent companies, right, to to use sustainability standards equivalent to ESRS. It has not yet decided which standards will be deemed equivalent. Now, if the European Commission decides that another country's sustainability reporting standards are not equivalent, um, it may allow companies to, to continue using those standards during an, an appropriate transition period. And therefore, you know, providing that reasonable time for them uh, to prepare, excuse me, to report in accordance with ESRS or an approved equivalent standard. Now, when the disappropriate uh, transition period comes to an end, the companies um, would be required to report in accordance with the ESRS or an approved equivalent standard. Now, we know ESRS disclosure requirements are extensive, with roughly 80 requirements um, covering both quantitative and quali qualitative disclosures, and they do go <clears throat> well beyond the, the the requirement of the SEC's you know proposed rule on the climate-related disclosures. So, as of now, it, it really is still not clear, um, you know, whether the SEC's proposed rule, when film finalized, will be an eligible ESRS equivalent standard. Um, so, Elmer, what are the reporting options for US companies with EU-based subsidiaries? Mm, yeah, so, so there are a couple of options. Um, the CSRD provides three different reporting options for uh, non-EU parent companies uh, you know, with EU-based subsidiaries. Um, one is a global reporting route and and um, also EU reporting route, both to ensure that all entities 
within the scope of the CSRD, ultimately report the uh, report on the required information. The global reporting route allows a U.S. parent company to report in accordance with the CSRD for itself, but also uh, for all of its um, subsidiaries. However, um, for U.S. parent companies that are within the scope of the CSRD for enterprise-level reporting starting in 2028 and, and, and have a large subsidiary listed on an EU-regulated market, they will need to report at the consolidated U.S. Uh, parent company level, while uh, at the same time continuing to, to separately report sustainability information in the management report for those larger, uh, large, sorry, subsidiaries listed on an EU regulated market. Uh, on the other hand, the EU reporting route provides two additional options. So the first one is, and it will um, become available, it will be available, sorry, until 2029, will allow the largest EU subsidiary to uh, produce a consolidated report, which will contain information for all um, EU subsidiaries within the scope of the CSRD. Now, this option is only allowed if the EU subsidiaries are not held by an EU holding company. And then the second option allows each EU subsidiary within the scope of the CSRD to, to issue a, a separate um, sustainability report. Um, can you outline some initial steps that companies can take to start preparing for CSRD compliance? Um, yes. So first, companies should conduct a boundary assessment so to see you know, whether they fall under the scope of the CSRD or not. If they do fall under the scope, it is important to determine the timeline of reporting um, and, and to start preparing accordingly. So the, the two key elements of the CSRD are its um, double materiality lens, as we know, and it requires uh, reporting on material impacts and, and risks you know, relevant to investors and other stakeholders. Um, and its requirement is to have limited assurance over all disclosed um, sustainable, sustainability information. So if a topic is material, it needs to be disclosed. And if a topic is disclosed, it needs to be assured. So, you know, with this being said, uh, companies within the scope of the CSRD should prioritize uh, conducting a double materiality assessment by considering both financial and impact materiality and, and also evaluating and strengthening their processes and controls over their sustainability information, you know, so they can be assurance ready. Now, one important point to, to remember is that under CSRD requirements, companies will also be required to obtain third-party assurance in relation to their CSR, the disclosures. Right. So does this mean companies will need to be independently audited to ensure they comply with the reporting rules? So yes, reporting uh, must be certified by an accredited independent auditor or certifier. So 
And this is to ensure that uh, companies ultimately comply with the reporting rules. So an independent auditor or certifier uh, must ensure that you know, sustainability information complies with the certification standards that, that have been adopted by, by, by the EU. So the reporting of non-European companies must also be certified either by um, a European auditor or by one established by a, a third country. Thank you so much, Alma, for your expert, expert clarification on this complex topic. So just to wrap up, how can Intertech help you prepare for the CSR directive? As mentioned, companies will be required to obtain third party assurance in relation to their CSR disclosures, and our team of experts at Intertech can help you with this. To understand your current CSR readiness, we can help you undertake a gap analysis to ensure you have a clear view of your organization's current readiness. We can also provide auditing solutions. In some markets, we'll also be able to act as the auditor of your CSR directive reports as one single provider supporting you from early preparations all the way through to audit of submission. We can also train your teams to ensure everyone understands what, what is required to prepare for your submission. And finally, we've partnered with ESG Playbook, a leading SaaS reporting solution provider, bringing in one tool, all required data collection, aggregation and tracking reporting for ESG. For more information on any of these services, visit intertech.com forward slash assurance forward slash EU hyphen CSRD. So this concludes today's podcast. Thank you again, Elmer, um, and thanks for listening. And please watch out for further CSRD episodes to help you with your journey to compliance. Have a great day. Bye.